Hello, friends. I'm Luke, and I serve on the music team at Holy Family. We continue to hear stories from people like you who listen to the Holy Family podcast and consider Holy Family your church. And whether you're someone who's constantly on the go, hasn't found a church community where you live to which you can belong, or someone who's wondering about the shape of your faith, we are honored to be with you by sharing these reflections from our Sunday liturgies. We rely on the generosity of our congregation, which includes you wherever you listen, to help our ministry achieve and maintain financial health. If this podcast has been a gift to you, would you consider making a contribution so that we can continue offering resources that welcome questions, curiosities, and doubts? You can make a gift by following the link in our show notes. That's at holyfamilyhtx.org. From Holy Family HTX, an Episcopal church for people without a church, this is the Holy Family Podcast, a collection of ideas about leading a Jesus-centered life. We clearly explore the church's understandings while bringing our own questions, curiosities, and doubts, and we never demand fake agreement. Theological exploration is just better that way. So, let's take a moment of silence as we get ready to contemplate today's ideas. Because I've been worshiping with you online occasionally, I have been so excited to come to the congregation that has messed with all of my stereotypes about Episcopal congregations. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Now, uh, there's going to be more going on here then you'll be able adequately to describe. There's uh, this, for instance, this room is full of radio waves. You can't see them, but they're busy taking messages back and forth. If you had a receiver, then those invisible messages could be an address to you. Uh, There's more. And because you are uh, reflective, uh, critically thinking, modern people, there's a chance you may be threatened by the notion that there is more than, than you're able to define or describe. And, and so, having been a preacher for a number of decades, I just want to warn you that uh, that I've, I've had to learn that my sermons tend to mean more than I intended for them to mean. That that I am not in control of the communication between you and God. So I, I want to just preemptively, therefore, say 
Uh, I don't intend to say anything today critical of Donald Trump or his family. I do not intend to make any judgment on where you spent last night. I am making no negative comments about how you earn your money or where you spend it. However, the Lord might. Uh, and so at the door, if, if you say to me at the door, how dare if you to insert your personal political opinions into this sermon, uh, how dare of you, you're from North Carolina, come down here to Houston to tell me how to live my life. I'll know. Once again, the Holy Spirit has inserted herself into my mere Southern accented words and the Lord Jesus Christ is romping wildly uh, among the congregation and you, you've had more than even I intended to say. Uh, this sermon will not be over until God says it's over. Uh, this sermon may not mean to you until months afterwards, for all I know. There's more. And uh, let's be honest. Uh, we're modern, skeptical, analytical, critically thinking people who are maybe threatened that there's more going on than we can adequately describe with our mechanisms for description. Uh, a new book by uh, Duke Cambridge theologian Jeremy Begbie is entitled Abundantly More. And it's a book on art like Lanisha has, has in his church. Uh, and it, it's saying that the artist's greatest challenge in the modern world is that reductionism is just built into the whole modern project. That we have learned to content ourselves with thin descriptions of thick realities. Begbie says, you can hear modern reductionism at work whenever you hear certain phrases like, it's only a matter of, or you see that the main reason for this is, or it's, it's a simple case of, uh, two evenings ago, that's in our watching, uh, a program on PBS because that's what people our age do for fun on a Friday night. Uh, anyway, so on PBS, I actually heard someone make the statement, the basic reason for what's going on in Gaza today is. And the amazing thing is that most of us learn to content ourselves with this thin description. And yet, and yet, uh, Begbie also says that maybe one of the missions of the church in our time is to keep luring people to, to 
to give people the, the opportunity for more. You may ask yourself, why is Willeman on this kick about reductionism? And Well, it, it's this morning's scripture. It's the first Sunday of Advent. And Isaiah, Isaiah calling out from the genocidal exile that Israel finds itself in. And Israel said, Lord, you've been working with us a long time and we, we know you pretty well. And Lord, why? How did we end up here? There's got, you've got, Lord, tear open the heavens, come down and tell us more. Or Jesus in, in Mark's gospel today, Jesus and his disciples, they're walking past the great, magnificent, eternal looking temple. The disciples say, wow, this, I guess this building's been here forever. I guess it's gonna be here forever. And Jesus casually says, no, God's gonna tear this thing down stone by stone. And when that happens, the planets are gonna spin out of their courses and the sky will turn dark and, and the whole earth will be shook. And, uh, Wow, uh, Jesus, you, you mean God's got more than even this magnificent temple? Uh, it's the first Sunday of Advent, and it, as Jesus says, God is coming. But sorry, those of you who are into planning and control and all, you don't know when it's coming. You don't know when God will show up among you and you, there'll be more. Uh, and maybe one of the reasons you're here at Holy Family is because you know this. You've heard the modern explanations of you. You are mostly a sexual being and uh, your sexual self-expression is you at your best and your most profound and, or uh, the mark of a humanity is rationality. Use your brain, think through things clearly, linearly, you know, hey, you've heard that. You've heard all of the sociological, psychological, economic, gender descriptions of reality. And you've thought to yourself, yep. thank you governmentally subsidized, approved methods of explanation. Thank you, thank you. I, I kind of think there could be more. Uh, and maybe that's why you're here. Maybe you're here. You showed up and you saw Father uh, Jacob dressed up uh, in all the embroidery and accoutrements Episcopalians can thrust on a mere mortal and and you said, wow, that guy is dressed weirder than he needs to be. And uh, wow, something must be something going on here that I'm going to need explained. Uh, whoa, uh, well, I think you're onto something. I've spent much of my life at a university. And uh, I remember a lunch with a student and I said, oh, you're a history major. And I said, you know, that, that can be tough, getting a lot of reading. He said, ah, the reading is not that bad. But He said, the biggest challenge being a history major I've found is uh, first you've got to be an atheist. And, and then 
you know, once you do that, you can be a history major. I said, what? And he said, well, you learn really early on in history, you know, the answer to any question on an exam is never like, you know, why the French Revolution or why the Great Depression? It, it, the, the right answer is never because God wanted it that way. That's, that's not permitted. No, you've got to explain human history only with that which is available within the frame of human history because the only actions going on out there is us. Uh, so once you become an atheist, you can be a history major. Wow. Or in a faculty cocktail party, this sociologist comes up to me and uh, he says, oh yeah, the chaplain, yeah. Well, I, uh, you know, I just think uh, religion is, uh, you know, mostly a matter of just trying to live a good life and, and then trying to help other people when you can. And I said, wow, it's deep. Uh, did you think of that yourself? Or did some, uh, if you got a pen, cause I wanna write that down. I, I could use it, you know, give me a break. Uh, I said, if that were what we were doing, we would have more people on a Sunday morning to do it with us. I wouldn't even have to preach because they already believe that crap before they come to church. Uh, no, I'm sorry. We have tried to make Jesus Christ into a great moral teacher or a wonderful example of the highest and best of humanity. But he just wouldn't be managed by us that way. He broke free. There, there was more. Now, in just a moment, uh, Father Jacob's going to, you're going to be handed like, uh, you won't come forward with all your doubts and your questions and and dilemmas and and you say, okay, hand it over. What What is it? And he's going to put in your hand a mere morsel of bread. You're going to look at it and say, that's it. And he will say, maybe with a twinkle in his eye, yeah, that, well, that, that, that's more. It's not just bread. It's, it's a lot more. Uh, look at me. I mean, you don't have to be a gerontologist to see, you know, I'm headed toward the last roundup, uh, as you would say in Houston. Uh, so I've been thinking about my mortality. I'd be a fool not to. And um, my wager is that at my leaving, uh, a, an intrusive God will say to me, at my end, hey, it's not over till I say it's over. You've had an interesting full life, but uh, believe it or not, I've even got more. Amen. You can find more resources to help you lead a Jesus-centered life at holyfamilyhtx.org. Again, it's holyfamilyhtx.org.